Good day everyone, you're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 24, The Vertical Art Workout. I'm your host Alex, and today I have the honor to have Jasmine as my guest on the show. How are you doing today? Great, thanks for having me. Well, thanks for being here, and you're calling from a little, little further away than where I'm recording, right? Absolutely. I'm in Halifax, Nova Scotia. That's always a good place to be. I would like to go there. Um, I went to Newfoundland, uh, St. John's, which is somewhat near, closer than where I am right now. But enough about locations. Today, we're going to talk about your hobby. And before we do that, uh, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Sure. Well, first of all, thanks so much for having me on the podcast today. I'm a big fan of yours, and I've been listening to all of the episodes so far. Oh, thank you. Um, also, to prepare for this. <laughs> of course, of course. Uh, I guess in short, I would describe myself as a pretty hardworking resident physician, and I'm passionate about my friends, my family, my career, and of course, my hobbies. Of course. I was raised outside of Toronto, and I attended the University of Ottawa, which is where you and I met. Actually, yeah, I think we met in the shopping mall through another mutual friend, Jaden, which I see quite often these days. Oh, that's so good. How's he doing? He's doing good. No, no, I see him. I, I caught Last time I caught him was at Ikea, or just randomly. Yeah, we keep seeing each other randomly here and there, but yeah. It's thanks to Jaden that uh, Jasmine and I met. Thanks, Jaden. Yeah, props to Jaden. So today we're going to be talking about your hobby, which is pole dancing. You bet. How did you get introduced to pole dancing? Once upon a time, five or six years ago now, I found a Groupon. I was going through a Groupon phase and Ottawa Pole Fitness was offering pretty cheap lessons. So myself, along with one of my friends... We decided to buy the group on. We gave it a shot, and I've never looked back since. I think I remember I actually dropped you off. Uh, it's like right past Chinatown, right? It is. Yeah, I dropped right you off a few. Right next to the bubble tea place. Yeah, like a shisha place too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember I dropped you off a few times there. Never went in, but I guess that's something else to do. But yeah. So, where is your favorite place to practice when you do pole dancing? Do you like? Because I've seen your pictures. Sometimes you like to do it outside inside a studio and do you still have a pole at home? 100%. Um, I'll always choose to go to the studio even though I do have a pole installed in my home. Um, I now train in Studio in Essence which is located in downtown Halifax but there's just something about being surrounded by people who love what you do that is extremely inspiring to help me not only improve on my own pole dancing but also it's a massive social experience for me. So you would say the community is strong and welcoming, right? Oh, 100%. And was it a big shift or is there also a big community in Halifax compared to Ottawa? There's probably about the same size, but no matter what city I'm in, I've always made time to go to the local pole studio and I know that I can always see a friendly face there. That's awesome. Now, where do you tend to get your inspiration to do your art? Because it's, it's an art. You have to come up with a routine, correct? Mm-hmm. How do you come up with your inspiration to create your routines? It's a great question, and I'm still trying to figure this one out for my next piece. I like to watch a lot of figure skating. I like to YouTube a lot of dancing, uh, especially World of Dance, which is probably one of my favorite dance shows right now. And of course, just watching other pole dancers, spending a lot of time on Instagram, looking at all of the great pole dancing names and seeing how how they've shaped their different performances. Okay, and you do you tend to do more uh, routines or do you like to improvise your, your performance as well? A little bit of both. Um, the routines, 
is a really good opportunity to get in shape because it's four minutes of really intense go, 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 go. But when I'm feeling stressed, it's absolutely all about the improvisation and the letting go. I feel like it's not just body, but it's also you, you must have the face expression, the facial expression as well to go with it, to give it that oomph, that energy. Oh, that's the hardest part. You can be doing an amazing move and your face is just absolutely terrible. And then the entire move is is like mute. <laughs> it's like uh, if you stick your head out of a car window, you're just like trying to catch the air and yeah, okay, I can, I can imagine, but I'm sure you're very elegant when you do it. Uh, no, you have to train <laughs> that. <laughs> At least I do. Now, how often do you do pole dancing? Let's say during a week. I have a fairly busy schedule right now. I try to go to the studio at least two to three times per week, and I probably train at home another two to three times. So overall, I'm practicing at least four to six times a week. I pretty much try and practice every day I'm not on call. call. So you say four to six times a week, and how long are your training sessions? At least an hour. With pole, you have to warm up because a lot of what you do is very dynamic movements. So if you don't warm up, you're liable to tear something. And speaking about warming up, what body parts should you focus more on? Let's say, is it more your thighs, your torso, your arms? A lot of rotator cuff uh, movements, because a lot of what we do is holding up our entire body strength with just our, our core, but a lot of our upper upper limbs. So making sure that that's warm as well. So it might be harder for someone like me who has a very lanky body that just stretches out and the center of gravity and all that is not the best. I don't have any balance. I think you'd have beautiful lines because of the lankiness. <laughs> a beautiful line on the ground, face first. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you start, uh, before you start doing your pole dancing, what kind of stretches do you tend to do most often? Is it like a routine that you do? It's always good to just get your body moving. So something fun that loosens you up a little bit. Um... I do tend to stretch my hamstrings and my quads just preparing for my splits because a lot of pole moves that I'm trying to work on now involve, um, involve both your center and your side splits. I also do try and warm up my, my shoulders and my rotator cuffs. And I do try to warm up my upper back because it's probably the least bendy part of my body. And so should require some special attention, which I don't always give it. Okay, so you're saying your upper back is your... Not, not, let's not say your weakest point, but the point that might need a little more development. What is your strongest attribute? Probably strength. Just general I'm, strength. You're just pretty strong. <laughs> Shoulder strength, oh, okay. uh, bicep strength. <laughs> I'm working on trying to use my lats, but I don't seem to have a problem with doing things like iron X or flagging, but those are strength moves. And in pole, you get marked on both strength moves and flexibility moves. So I'm trying to work on the second aspect. Now, to improve yourself, do you just do workouts on the pole or do you go to your gym to do additional exercise to strengthen your muscle or endurance or anything like that? I'm a firm believer in cross training. So besides pole, I also um, rock climb and I also do a lot of cardio training for that four minutes of a, of a routine. And I'm sure you would have to work on your grip as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you work your grip? Do you have one of those... Uh, handheld machines or a stress ball to just keep squeezing while you're doing while you're on call <laughs> no but that's a good idea now you were talking about you improving your moves as well uh, how long does it usually take you to master a move it absolutely depends on the specific move there's some moves that your body just naturally gravitates towards and you can nail it on your first try 
but there are other moves that are not meant for certain body types. And whether your limbs are too short for the move or you're not flexible enough for the move, you have to work a lot harder to get into these. Um, it can take months to years to be able to master certain moves, but once you finally get it, it is, feels so triumphant. So what are appropriate moves that you could master that would be easier for you due to your body size and what would be some that would be easier for me for my body size? I think for me, things that require um, a very, very short or I guess uh, center of gravity. So things like flagging where I have less weight at the extremities, things like doing iron X's where my core is the focus of my body and I don't have extremely long limbs. But for you, you would have beautiful lines to do moves like ballerinas or to do things like eagles, which is, they're, they're beautiful, flexible moves, which are designed to show off extensions okay. of your body. And uh, I'm guessing if due to your body size, you would be faster than me, right? Less wind yeah. resistance? However, when you pulled in on spin pull, I think because you have more limbs, it might be faster. It's a good question. We should test it out one day. <laughs> yeah, me getting back on that pole, it'll be a beautiful disaster. But speaking, speaking of which, you were saying a spin pole. So when I first learned about pole dancing, I thought the pole did not rotate, but they do, right? Mm -hmm. Do they all do that or some of them are just stationary, as in they don't rotate? So there are some poles that are stationary and there are some poles that rotate. My pole does both. So it has two different uh, features. When you compete, you have to show that you're equally strong on both. And so there'll be one pole that's on spin and one pole that's on static. And which one do you prefer doing? I prefer static, but spins look more impressive. You just get really, really, really dizzy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that was my feeling. I was holding on to for my dear life as I was spinning around, hopeful, hoping that I would not get flung off like those uh, spinning things in the park. Absolutely. <laughs> now, you were also saying competitive. Do you do competitive pole dancing or is it just casual that you prefer? Most of the time I prefer casual. Sometimes I get a little bit more competitive. So last year was the first time actually in my pole dancing career that I decided to do a competition. And so I entered a local competition called um, Halifax Pole Theater. And I registered for the amateur division. And I'll be honest, I spent months developing and practicing my performance because I'm a little bit of a perfectionist. That's, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> it, I spent a lot of time on it. Um, but it was really good in terms of working on my cardio, giving me something to focus on, giving me something to strive towards. And this year, I've actually decided to compete at the Canadian Championships, which is being hosted by the Canadian Pole Sports and Arts Federation. That's awesome. I'll put the link below so people can look that up and maybe they'll catch you there and maybe come cheer. Speaking of which... No, I hope so. Yeah. Speaking of which, what is the... Uh, how do they judge on if you are successful or not or are you is it somewhat like gymnastics in the same sense i'm not very familiar with that but i would feel it's a judging based competition correct mm -hmm. it's a great question pole like figure skating like gymnastics like dance doesn't have a very objective way of ranking uh who wins it's not like hockey where it's goals if you score a goal that's one point so because the international pole sports federation has actually been lobbying to get pole sport as an Olympic sport. 
they've actually created a standardized um, scoring system. So every move has a certain point. Every move that you do has an execution score. So it depends on how well you do that. And then you get points just like in figure skating for things like um, how creative you put everything together. Was your expression appropriate? The angles of your move, whether or not it was a well-balanced program. If you used two thirds of the pole, if you equally split your time between the spin and static pole. So it's all point-based and we're all trying to learn it together. Wow. So that's a lot of details. Like using two thirds of the pole, you know, all those kind of things. That's pretty interesting that they took their time to go into great detail, even though mm-hmm. judging is a subjective thing. So one judge might th- find it beautiful, another one might not. It's trial and error. And then eventually the pole dancing community will agree upon standards on what is acceptable if it goes into the Olympics or no, not if, when it goes into the Olympics. Oh, I hope. I hope so. It's beautiful. I, I love just the effort and the elegance of it. It's been growing in such a great way that everybody can do it and it's a great type of exercise. It's definitely become a lot more popular in the past few years. Now, speaking about popularity and more people doing it, do you prefer doing this by yourself, like on the pole, or do you prefer doing it with a friend? Because I'm I'm sure there's dual, dual citizenship, no, dual, <laughs> <laughs> dual competitive pole dancing, like a team pole dancing, is that a thing? Mm-hmm. Um, so pairs or, um, pairs pole dancing, Mm -hmm. good question, is a category of itself. And actually some really good friends of mine do doubles pole. And there's something called the base, which holds onto the pole and something called the flyer that often just hangs off by one arm or one grip to the other person. And it's so... Like there's so much trust involved, so much strength, so much beauty. Um, I have trust issues. So um, I like to fool around and do doubles pole. There's a lot of group things that we fool around with in class. A lot of group poses that are really fun. Uh, but for myself, I'm, I'm probably more of a solo dancer. Mm. But I really find that because you spend so much time with these girls and you spend so much time in an area that you're vulnerable and you're all learning together, this pole isn't very well developed. So there's so much, so much room to grow as, as a group. It has, pole dancing has the ability to break down barriers and form lasting relationships. So I'd like to compete solo, but I like to fool around in groups. No, I I see. I see what you mean. No, I completely agree. No, you're saying getting closer to the girls. Speaking of which, is it predominantly girls in this community or guys as well participate? In my experience, it's predominantly women. There's always a couple of men who also pole dance with us. They tend to be people who do gymnastics, tend to be people who danced before, and they are phenomenal. One of my um, colleagues from pole actually used to be a nationally ranked gymnast, and he's recently moved to Montreal to try and join Cirque du Soleil. That is awesome. Has Cirque du Soleil already used poles in their acts? They they have. Zumanity in Vegas, I believe, um, features one of the first or most famous pole dancers. And I don't know why, but I feel like Cirque du Soleil would probably use an extremely long and high pole. It, could, I, could I be wrong? Or is it just... An, what, it's actually, speaking of which, what is the standardized pole height? The standardized pole height. That's a good question. I can tell you the diameter that's usually standard. Let's go with that. Yeah. 
45 millimeters is the standard for competitions. Some of the other countries use a smaller pool, which is great for arm moves, a little bit harder for leg moves. Some of some other countries use a larger pool, which is a lot more difficult for people with tiny hands. Um, but in terms of height, in my opinion, the more height, the better. Okay, so maybe the Cirque du Soleil is touching many, many meters in the air. And Absolutely. that would be incredible to see. But speaking of which, I, I think I remember seeing a picture of you where you bring the pole to the beach. Mm-hmm. How do you, is, there, is it in a base or you just dig a giant hole and just stuff it in? And how do you walk around with a giant pole? Very carefully. <laughs> uh, I've done two beach photo shoots now. They have large stage platforms, so a heavy base. You bury it under the sand and you just spend a day with your friends at the beach, also being active and eating good food and then swimming. That's perfect. And when you want to dry off, you know, you just jump back onto the pole and spin really fast. Oh, yeah. (laughs) No need for a towel. Yeah, the towels are overrated anyways. Now, did you ever hurt yourself while you were pole dancing? Yep. And I've got lots of scars to prove it. Ooh, what kind of scars would you tend to get during pole dancing? I tend to get a lot of scars on the tops of my feet. Um, We use odd places on your body in order to grip the pole. So it can be somewhere as weird as in between your ribs and your hip bone. It could be just that little soft, squishy place um, at the back of your neck. Or there's places where like you're holding on, essentially you're just pushing on different bones in order to give yourself traction. I'm lucky that I've only experienced minor injuries. They're called pole kisses which are really pole bruises. And I've had a couple of muscle strains, but I've had friends who have had complete concussions, broken bones. I would say like all sports, doing pole isn't risk-free. And I'm guessing gravity is one of the worst enemies when it comes to dancers. Mm-hmm. Poles are your friends, but also your enemy at the same time. They love you and hate you. Sounds like and a cat. And when you stop, you develop... I think when you're doing pole, you start to lose nerve endings in your skin. And when you stop doing pull, those nerve endings regenerate. So you go back and then it hurts just like you're learning it for the first time again. Hopefully you're not developing any calluses between your ribs. Oh, that would be bad. <laughs> yeah. And behind your neck. Once again, be friendly with the pole and the pole will be friendly with, friendly with you. Oh, I definitely have skin changes on my neck <laughs> from pole. <laughs> it's battle wounds. The pole will know oh, not yeah. to mess with you next time. Proud of them. Now, what are some common injuries? So we talked about a a vast majority of injuries that some are more uncommon than others, but what are some common ones? Interestingly enough, I've had a lot of girls that I've known that have hit their toes or their fingers on the pole and then gotten broken toes and fingers. Um, That wouldn't be one that I would have thought off the top of my head. I think things like shoulder injuries, um, I've seen people pull their intercostal muscles because of the weird ways that we twist on the pole. Those would probably be some of the most common ones. And then muscle strains from trying to be too flexible when we're not. So basically, make sure to stretch before you work out and stretch after. Take care of your body because the pole will be ruthless. Exactly. Aside from the very dangerous injuries from falls and from like concussions, the second biggest and most common injuries is from not warming up or cooling down properly. And that pretty much applies for any sport. So keep that in mind, everybody. Yes. (laughs) What was your biggest challenge when you first started pole dancing? Probably my biggest challenge when I first started pole dancing and to this day is managing other people's expectations about pole dancing. 
The reality is that pole dancing is stigmatized. Some people might argue that pole sport actually originated in India with Malakamp or China with Chinese circus pole, but it would almost be naive to forget that pole dance also comes from exotic dancers. And no matter what form of pole you choose to practice, it's all beautiful to me. I'm well aware of the stigma behind pole dancing, but I like that I challenge my friends and my family to confront their reactions and assumptions regarding sexuality. I'm a firm believer that women and men can be successful and intellectual and have a central side and be in control of their bodies. Absolutely. We see a similar phenomenon with like figure skating or dance, so I don't see why pole is any different. Society today is just so, so judgmental about everything. Mm-hmm. Just enjoy. If it makes you happy, do it. If you want to talk about it, if it's your hobby, come on the show and talk about it. Exactly. <laughs> now, what is your current biggest challenge? My biggest challenge is finding that balance between being flexible and being strong. And you can't have one without the other. So in order to have good range of motion, you have to have strength to stabilize your joint. And if you want to be strong, you still have to have room for flexibility in order to allow your muscles to relax in order to engage them. Of course. I've maxed out all of my strength moves at this time. And the the next set of moves that I really need to get into are all of the extreme flexibility moves. And that's just a bunch of stretching that would help out with that? Well, not just a bunch of stretching, but I would imagine that helps significantly, right? Interestingly, stretching is a lot harder and a lot more painful to me than building up strength or doing repetitions to train up like inverts or shoulder mounts. The stretching, you have to do active flexibility. You have to do... Um, kind of resisted flexibility. There's something called proprioceptive PNF, PMF, proprioceptive muscle relaxation, which tricks your brain into stretching further than it really should be. There's lots of techniques to do this, and I I probably need to spend more time looking into it. Would yoga be a thing to help out with that? Uh, I'm not an expert in yoga, but I would imagine there's a lot of pushing your body to the limits and stretching. Mm -hmm. A lot of flexibility exercises. Um, double in yoga. No, I forgot to ask this question when you were talking about the history of, of pole dancing. Did you take the time to learn more about the history of pole dancing or you just knew a little bit about it and then go- went on with whatever you know today? It's hmm. a good question. I think intrinsically, the longer you stay in pole dancing, the more you learn about it. And people will mention or send you interesting videos about how pole dancing originated or really cool things that you see on a pole. For example, if you YouTube Chinese pole, you'll see gymnasts jumping eight feet from pole to pole doing backflips. If you YouTube a lot of the Russians pole dancers who are amazing or the Eastern Europeans, you can tell that they all have a gymnastic background. So jumping from pole to pole is something they do as well. I thought it was just one pole. So they have the spider acrobatics going on, and that's pretty impressive as well. Mm-hmm. Have you ever tried it? Nope. <laughs> You're like, nope, not trying that today. Nope. Nope, not not currently. Don't feel comfortable enough doing that. But would it be something that you would want to try later on, just once or no? Absolutely. If they installed the harness at my studio, I would try it in a heartbeat. So actually, speaking of which, what are some equipments to help you training or in pole dancing? You just said there was a harness. Or is there anything else? Could there be gloves for people to help who have sensitive hands or types of pants? I don't know. There is a whole industry that's designed uh, to 
to create equipment for pole dancers. So there's different types of grip products. There are gloves that help you grip. There's uh, liquid chalk, just like for rock climbers. There's actual chalk. There's different types of sprays that you can use in order to make your body parts more sticky. Um, crash mats are key when you're practicing. Some pole studios, actually, their entire floor is spongy. And I, I know I'm talking about like pole dance and pole fitness, but there's also um, a type of pole that's not anchored at the bottom. So it's, I guess it's called aerial pole. So it's anchored at uh, the top? Mm-hmm. And it moves and it's a lot harder because you don't have a top and a bottom. You just have a top and you have to stabilize the motions with your own body. And so there's harnesses as well that you can use in order to do different moves safely. A lot of flips and mainly a lot of flips on and off of the pole. They really thought of every angle and every method to use the pole. Like I would have never thought that a ceiling type pole that would be able to move was a thing that somebody would say, hey, you know what? Let's give this a try. <laughs> you know, pole dancing wasn't hard enough. Let's make it harder for everybody. Why not? Yeah. Have you tried it? Uh, the one that's anchored to the ceiling? Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, While well, you're spinning around it, it's making like little concentric circles as well. So it has a mind of its own. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of cross-training in pole as well with aerial silks, with hoops, with rope. They all use similar muscles. So basically anything you can bring in, you could use it to your advantage in pole dancing, right? Mm-hmm. Anything that you can climb. Yeah, if you can carry it up with you on the pole, use it. <laughs> Has pole dancing ever helped you relax when you're stressed? So let's say you had a long day at work. Do you go home and just start doing a little workout with your pole and then do whatever you needed to do afterwards? Or you try to step away from that? Pole is my escape from reality. When I'm stressed or I feel pressured from work, I'll take an hour in my evening and I'll do something physical or something mindless or do some interpretation or just watch pole videos, and it helps me re-energize and face the next challenge to come. That's always good. And what kind of music do you tend to listen to when you do your performance? Good question. It tends to vary. Anything with a good beat that I can pull to, really. Usually it's a bit slower. Uh, it's hard to pull to really fast music, unless you're some of the greats. And I could be wrong, but I feel like when you and other performers and athletes do these performances, they tell a story, right? That's the concept behind pole art. So pole art is all about expression and interpretation of the music. Pole sport is a whole nother category, and that's solely based off of moves that you do and your execution on those moves. And you prefer it. You like doing both, right? I like to do both, yeah. Because yeah, they both bring different aspects to happiness, right? Exactly. Now, has doing pole dancing ever stressed you out? I try to keep pole as my escape from reality. So when things start to stress me out with pole, such as competing, such as um, I also judge pole, such as like commitments with pole, I tend to take a step back and just remember that it's for me and it's meant to be an adjunct to my life. Um, not it's not the focus i'm never going to be a professional pole dancer as long as i love it when i'm 50 years old that's all that counts to me what is the i wouldn't say the age limit but what is the oldest person you've seen doing pole oh, the oldest person so there's a whole master's category which is 
greater than 45. There's a greater than 55 category. Wow. Some of the best pole dancers I've ever met. One of them is my coach. She trains at Studio in Essence. I think she's in either her late 60s or early 70s. That woman has not an ounce of fat on her entire body. She is extremely dedicated to training, to make, taking care of her body, and she can do things that I will never be able to do in my entire life. You won't be able to do it now, but you'll do it in your late 60s and early 70s. Those are the moves, you know, when you reach that level that you could do at, the, at that age. If I become half as good as her at half her age, I will be happy. That's pretty impressive at that age. I know a lot of people who are slowing down, but it sounds like she is just speeding up. Mm-hmm. And you're not considered a master yet, right? There's different classes or different levels? There's different levels only when you compete. But not in life. Not, not in real life. Not in life. <laughs> There's different moves that are classified as harder or easier. So I'd say I'm pretty much in that intermediate stage. Well, in my eyes, you're a master in pole dancing. Oh, you're sweet. I am a limp body noodle spaghetti thing. Now, I don't know if you <laughs> talked about your, your, your running career. <laughs> that, that's, that's for another day, right? <laughs> now, do other people's opinions have an impact on your dance moves and your routine, your performance? I was going to say, let's say people are like, giving non-constructive criticism. Does that have an impact on you? I don't think I've actually ever had someone give me non-constructive criticism. And I've never had anyone react negatively once they find out what I do for my hobby. I would say it's more of the opposite. The community is such a wonderfully supportive group of women and men that when I'm coming together, they'll all offer to help me run through routines, to offer their suggestions on different moves that I could add, to offer suggestions about expression or music choices. Shout out to all those people helping out Jasmine. Oh yeah. Now, uh, you kind of touched this subject earlier on, but I'm going to run by it again one more time. What are some misconceptions about people who do pole dancing? Ooh, that's a whole topic on its own. Let it out. Just let it all out. This is your time. I think the most common misconception about people who do pole dancing is that in some way we're related to strippers and we do it for other people. And some people are pole dancers and strippers, but for the most of us who are doing this as our hobby, we're doing this for ourselves to empower our own bodies, to empower our own intellect, to meet other people who are like-minded, who are comfortable with who they are, and want to use pole dance and pole fitness as a way of feeling better about themselves and expanding their horizons. And it's also great to have that to keep in good health and also mental health as well. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, uh, that's the misconception that I've been hearing, not hearing, but I would feel like that's the one that surrounds it the most. Are there any other ones or is that just like the main one that dominates all the other ones? I've heard it swing the other way that a lot of there's a section of the pole community that wants to forget our origins um, in strip clubs, and we can't forget about them as well because by ignoring that section, we need to... Understand history to move on. Mm-hmm. And what they do is also equally valuable and deserves to be safe, and they, have a safe, they, they deserve to have a safe spot to represent themselves however they feel like. Absolutely. And... It's because of its history that it became what it is today. Mm-hmm. And also, people do it for different reasons. So, no judgment, guys. Come on. And girls, nobody, no judgment. 
If you like doing it, just do it. Now, how did pole dancing have an impact on your perspective on life? Did it teach you to be more disciplined, teach you to be more free, as in know your body, or more uh, anything along those lines? In terms of perspectives on life, I've met a variety of different people from multiple walks of life from pole dancing, people that I would never have met in my day-to-day life otherwise. I've met people who are on the showgirl circuit. I've met people who are PhDs. I've met other physicians. I've met people who work in the service industry, people who work in the waiting industry, people who are models. And there is a lot to be gained and a lot of knowledge that can be obtained when you broaden your horizons and realize that one way of life is not necessarily the right way of life. Yeah, life is complex and it's not just one box. You got to think out of it. Hey, you know what? Forget the box. There is no box. (laughs) Now, do you want to present this hobby to the world or use it as an escape from reality? So in other words, if somebody came up to you saying, hey, Jasmine, I'd love to learn about uh, pole dancing. Could you teach me the ways or show me where I can go get resources? Or would you be more the type saying, you know what? Yeah, you can go look here and then don't want to really get into that person's learning process. Oh my goodness. If someone came up to me and said, please teach me how to pole dance, I would be more than happy to show them the ropes. Um, It's just such an amazing hobby. It's such a great way of exercising and meeting new people that it would be selfish not to share it with other people. So this is a shout out. If anyone wants to learn how to pole dance, if you come to Halifax, feel free to message me. Do I have to bring my own pole? No, we can share. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Good. Good. Because I don't think I'll be able to carry that in my uh, carry on. (laughs) I do have, I have had friends who've carried their pole across the country. So they do come in uh, pieces, I guess, right? Mm-hmm, in a carry case. Now, do you have any word of advice for anybody who might be interested or is scared of the judgment they might get or anything like that? You've got to give it a shot. Don't knock it till you try it type of thing. The most common thing that I hear is that I'm not strong enough. I don't have any upper body strength. But none of us did when we started. And one of the coolest things about pole dancing is that you can really see yourself improve just from one class to the next. You can see how much stronger you're getting, how much easier it is, how less painful these moves are. So there's so much room for progress. And I won't take you don't have upper body strength as an excuse to not try it. Would you take I have no strength? No. (laughs) Okay. so next time we see each other, I guess I have to do it. I will try to improve. Excellent. Now, do you have any social media links or websites that you'd like to share? Whether it's your school or your dance studio or your personal, such as Instagram. I will do a couple of shout outs. Absolutely. So I'll shout out to Studio in Essence in Halifax, Ottawa Pole Fitness in Ottawa, which are my two home studios. Um, I'll also give a shout out to the Canadian Pole Sports and Arts Federation, um, which is one of the Canadian pole bodies uh, that's trying to organize pole as a more serious uh, sport. And they're doing a fantastic job. So they're out of Fredericton, if you want to look them up. Last but not least, I use my pole. I use my Instagram mainly as a place to get inspired about pole, to inspire other people, to try things that they love. So you can check out my Instagram at jazzyjazz030. 
Okay, that's perfect. I'll put all the information on the description below or on the side. So you'll be able to find the school, the dance schools, the studios, and Jasmine as well. Now, what I tend to do on this show, I keep saying this in each episode, is I throw the question back to you. So do you have any questions for me about pole dancing? It could be absolutely anything at all. I do. What did you think when you first tried it out? I thought that I was somewhat scared because um, heights and me don't get along well. It, I wouldn't say scared, but it was something to get used to. So it was the climbing aspect. I was worried about climbing and I was wearing shorts at the time because I know skin to pole is really good for friction and staying on the pole. But since I have hairy legs, yes, you, hear, you heard it here. Alex is saying yes, hairy legs on his podcast. The hairs were getting pulled by the pole, so that was not necessarily pleasant. But I'm guessing there's a solution for that as well, right? There's probably pants or something. Because it'd take a very long time for me to shave my <laughs> mammoth legs. So, yeah, no, I did enjoy it. I was doing a lot of spinning. I remember I went with my friend John, and there was a lot of spinning happening, and... It was fun just to be able to climb it. I was a child at heart trying to climb it. That was, I'm sure that's the first thing everybody tries is just climbing it, try to touch the top and then have a better feel of how the pole works. It really threw me off that it started spinning. I did did not expect that at first. So it was probably a bad idea that I just like kind of ran on and then my whole body motion just like spun and I'm like, oh, nope, just hold on. I mean, that's the true reason I started pole dancing, right? In case of a zombie apocalypse, I'll be able to climb up to the top of a pole. They won't be able to touch me. Genius. And put some Vaseline at the bottom so they can't even grip on. Yeah, they all have hair, just like you. painful. <laughs> it's all hairy zombies. <laughs> so yeah, there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Thank you so much, Jasmine, for coming on the show and talking about your hobby. I greatly appreciate it. And hopefully we cleared up some air for people who did not know about pole dancing or knew a little about it or very little about it. So if you'd like to learn more about Jasmine, you can find them in the links below. And if you want to learn more about the studios, I'll put that information below as well. And if you have any questions or would like to be on the show, you can send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. So until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care.